0: Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to Refuge Freedom. I'm your guest host, Johnny. My guest tonight is Sarah M. Sarah was held captive in the communist Khmer Rouge as part of the mass genocide that took place in Cambodia. She was in a harsh labor camp, was starved, exhausted, and became severely sick. Two million people died the result of those. Sarah survived and escaped to find peace and freedom again, and has become an award-winning author and a speaker. She shares about how tenacity, perseverance, and faith are required values. Welcome, Sarah. Very happy to have you on the show.
2: Thank you for having me tonight.
1: We have a wide-ranging audience, and the Khmer Rouge event that genocide took place was a number of years ago. And there may be some people that don't really know what we're talking about. So maybe you could give a little bit of background about that and how you ended up in that camp.
2: Of course. Khmer Rouge came to Cambodia, took over a country in 1975. During that time, I was away from home attending college, which is about 400 miles from my hometown. So when they came in, they immediately shut down the whole city. They cut off everything, including the transportation. That means I got stuck. I cannot go home during those times. And they pushed us to get out from where were. And they came into the city and they shut down everything, including the marketplace, the hospital, the school, the university transportation the post office everything so i was totally separated from my family and they pushed us to go away from this that means we don't know where to go so we walk and we sleep on the street and we eat just a little bit rice that we carry from home and then we end up in the village i was moved a couple more times since then and i end up in the big labor camp they only want single man and woman live in there. So we are the prime, strongest work. That means they can push us to work extremely hard. Mm. They want us to work extremely long hours in the heat, and they only give us very little food. To eat. They work in the right field all the way until night time, and very few hours sleep, and no time to rest. Seven days a week, and we don't have enough time to sleep, and no rest. We end up getting sick, a lot of us. And so even though I was sick with several, with a few disease, I still had to go to work and until I can no longer go to work. And then they put me in the infirmary. They pushed me to go to infirmary. When I got there, I realized the people that are in the infirmary are seriously sick and they are dying. So they
1: basically work you to exhaustion to the point where you can't be of any profit to them anymore. And then they put you in a building to die.
2: Yeah yeah i was extremely exhausted so i realized that in that infirmary i will end up dying just like other people so i had to find my way how to get out of this situation mm-hmm. not run away because i'm too sick to, to walk away and i don't really know where to go they will get me as soon as i get out they get and they will kill me so I start to think what can I do? And I remember when I was young, mm-hmm. I listened to my mom. My mom read the story. It's her book, her story, but I listen. I love the way that she reads. So in one, it's very obvious to me that there is God. Mm-hmm. God that know what's going on. And he knows who the bad guys huh? are yeah. and the good people are. Huh? So he provides the intervention. He sent the angel to rescue the woman and the children. So from that one story, I already make up my mind. I already believe that there is God since I was very young. And now that my life is in danger, I'm about to die. I remember that God. Mm. I call him and I start to pray. Pray and ask him to help. So night after night, I pray. And then one day when I woke up, I have a little bit of extra energy to walk away. So I walk out from there, go back to where the work people are. and one team leader saw me and she said, come and stay with my group. I'll find something for you. To but she realized I'm too sick to do anything. She said, you cannot stay with me because you are too sick. You need to go to work in the kitchen. When I heard the word kitchen, I know God gave me God mm. gave this job. I know I'm going to survive. When I work there I had more food. I work in the shade and I have more time to pray. So eventually I start to feel better.
1: Yeah, God always comes through, doesn't he? You know, at our darkest times <laughs> and you know, you, you said that your mom read you stories about God when you were a young child. Now, growing up in Cambodia, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be normally associated with Christian faith. It would be Buddhist, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So, how did your mom manage to communicate that to you in a safe manner, in a, in a, and, and show you that God was real when you would have been surrounded by Buddhism?
2: Yeah, that book, believe it or not, it's not a Christian book. No, oh. no, no. It's more like a novel. Nice. They talk about life, the life cycle, talk about reincarnation, mm. all that. But <laughs> in this one particular story, there is one man that is trying to build the generosity in his life. So that's that's the story, and that mean he had to give up everything that he ever owned. And lastly, he only had two children and a one and one wife left to him. And this mean person come along, and he want the children and the wife. So he asked the man for. So the man, you know, was born, but eventually he has to let this mean person have the children and the wife. And this mean person start to beat up the children because they don't want the children don't want to be and he starts to beat up. That's when God sent his angels to protect the
1: children. So even though it wasn't a Christian book, God still used it touch your heart and show himself that he was real to you and he made a way for you out of the hard labor into the kitchen.
2: Yes, yes. I believe that is the case because I got so quickly that there is God in my mind that I truly believe that there is God.
1: So what happened once you got into the kitchen? Obviously you would have gotten better because you're getting more food, you're not working as hard, you're in the shade. How did you manage to go from there to actually escape
2: the camp. yeah there's a couple more steps so i'll I'll give you a short version
1: okay sure
2: <laughs> so when i look better feel better they saw and they pulled me out from the pit, throw me back into the right field so another three years went by so the total almost four years and things start to change. this uh, group start to uh, move us uh, move the whole camp by then a lot of have died because Mm -hmm. we start out a thousand people by then we we probably have about 250 280 something like that smaller group so it's a lot easier to move so they push us to go the direction of the jungle they give us the big bag of rice to carry and then we move and every two weeks we we walk we move deeper into the kitchen and then i realized i will never find my family in the jungle my goal, I tried to survive, is because I want to go find my family, want to help out. So now they pushed us to go to the jungle. I need better. God give me a courage to find an escape with three other girls that we are friends. So I asked them to see if they want to help escape because my health already declined. I'm sick again, I'm skinny again. So they decided to escape. So we make plans to escape. And we went till nighttime and we just walked out. So wow. they, they could not see us because in the jungle, it's very really dark. There is no light anywhere. It's easy to sneak out, but it's also easy to get on because we have no idea where to go. We, we just try to remember where we came from. We just want to try to backtrack of, you know, the direction that we came from. But I believe that God helped us, God move us. God probably lead us where to go. So we were safe from them. They didn't see us. And then after the whole night of walking, we end up away from them. And then we keep walk, walking, and then we see some people. And then I start asking for direction to go to my hometown. So eventually, I was able to track down my family. It, it's a long journey. There was about almost a month of work, of walk but we didn't.
1: So you got reunited with your family, and obviously that's a fantastic outcome, you know, to your ordeal. So how did that help your faith grow? How did that build your
2: relationship? During that time, it was not obvious that I got close to God. I'm grateful that God heard my prayer, and just no more until later on. I had to escape from Cambodia. Mm-hmm. So I have to work my way across the border to escape to Thailand. Then when I get to Thailand, I found a refugee chain. So I found some friends and then I tracked down my mom's relative who came to the United States a long time ago. And he wants to meet her. And okay. things start to change. Well, I wait for about a year before I can get everything together to come to the United States. When I came to the United States, voila, there's a lot of Christian people waiting to receive, to help. Oh my goodness, I I never, never imagined that these people are so kind and loving, just un. Unbelievable. One lady, especially, she lives about forty-five minutes away from where my apartment is. Come, she come no matter how much snow, how how bad the weather is. Come every day, come to pick me up, go to apply for this, this, this. So their kindness is just unbelievable. And then a few years later, well, I moved on my life. I started learning the language to get my D register in college. And then the phone rang from my mom. My mom called me at the middle of the night. She said, well, we made it up to Thailand and we don't know where to go. So eventually, to make a long story short, they end up finding the camp, but the camp was closed. Nobody registered them as the new resident, as the refugee. So they sneak in into that on document i didn't know what's going on but i just did my work my job filling out the paperwork sponsored them but didn't work it didn't work because they are precious they are arguments so finally i need to become a us citizen to sponsor so it took five years my family lived i in the close team so that means i was extremely stressed i became very. And very tight, and I have nightmare every night. That's when I start to seek out God more seriously. I know of him. I know that he exists, but I don't have a personal relationship. So I start to seriously attend the church, study the Bible and everything to relieve my stress. Because I saw all those ladies that help. They are so kind. They are so beautiful, and I want what they have. So during the process, I'm, ending, I'm I'm open mind to learn and all that. And then one day, a pastor's wife, who always teach me the Bible study separately because my English was not that good. So she read the scripture, John 3.16, and you know the scripture. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believed in him will have an everlasting life. That opened my eye because that's the first time I ever heard. And then later I read on, and then we study, to study, and he end up get here on the cross because people accused him and all that. But I look at this, said Jesus gave up his life because he wants to save, us. he want to save me from my sin. So that's how I look at it, and I say, wow, he gave everything. He ever owned. I mean, his life. So, what else can I ask him? That's the big question that I ask, and I say nothing else. So, at that time, that I accept as my Lord and Savior. I found my Lord, my personal Savior. I thought my journey since then.
1: All along, He leads you step by step by step, and He holds your hand and brings you to that place where yes. you can understand why He tried so diligently to bring you to Him for that offer of salvation. That, that's fantastic. And you said that you had a lot of stress and anxiety. And, and I know you've written a book about your experience in the killing fields, which is what those Khmer Rouge camps are known as. But he helped you through the stress of waiting for your family to come to the U.S., things like that. Talk to me a little bit about the strategies that he's shown you to use, because in this day and age, there's a lot of people that are experiencing fear and anxiety and anxiety stress. So tell me the kind of tools and the ways that God has shown you to be victorious over things.
2: Well, God has shown me that he is so faithful that I can depend on him. Whenever I have worry and concern, and I know I can ask, and I pray, and that's one aspect. And the other aspect, there's so many promises in the Bible that I learned all here, I accumulate a lot of wonderful promise that God promised, and you can trust God, because it's God. Yes, yes.
1: you can trust God, for sure, 100%. Yes,
2: one scripture that stands out the most to me, Psalm 103, 4, say, He redeemed you from hell, and crowned you with love and mercy. Yes, he, he did, he redeemed me from hell. <laughs> the
1: killing fields, absolutely. That would have been a lot like hell, I would imagine. Yes. And so now you go and, and share your story and got your book available to people and things like that, which is an amazing. I think for anybody that doesn't know about that experience, they should read your book. So tell me even where people find it.
2: The title is How I Survived the Telling Field. And the subtitle is The Story of Hope, Love, and Determination. That's my true story, and I wrote in my personal, and I throughout the book, it's my own experience. It's not secondhand. And I share the true journey, and I share about how I cope with the situation during the hardest time. There's a lot of coping that I share, and then at the end of the book, I also share some tips, some advice, some life lesson that I learned through my journey. A lot of people, after they read my book, they said, I will never complain again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Where can people find you?
2: They can find my book on my website. It's sarahim.com. It's spelled S-A-R-A-I-M.com and last book.
1: So if, if you were going to leave our audience one thought, somebody comes up to you and says, I've read your book, you know, you've, you've experienced a lot of things. I'll give you two minutes to tell me something about God's unity. What would you say?
2: I would tell them that God is a loving God. He doesn't want anything from us. All He has is love. So well, He loves us. He, he does a lot of things behind the scene that we didn't know. For many years, I didn't realize. Until now, every time I look back at a certain situation, I say, oh, if God was now with me, I probably would not make it. If God did not prevent me from stepping on the, the landmine, I probably got blown and, and got killed crossing the... If God did not direct my step, running away in the jungle, I probably get lost in the jungle around and around. I would not get out. So God showed up in so many ways that we don't know until later on when we reflect on things and we know that God was with me. So trust in him because he loves us. He wants to protect us and he wants to save us. That's why he also gave up his son to come down and die for us. So I don't know what I'm going to do if I don't have God in my life. I'm so, so grateful.
1: Amen. And I think you've got such a powerful experience of how God guided your step through some very difficult situations. And I think for our listeners, there are a lot of people that are probably going through some really difficult things in their life and they're feeling stress and they're feeling like they don't have hope, feeling they just don't know where to turn. But you just gave them a perfect example of how God is there, whether they see him or not. God is there leading them and guiding them
2: Yes, so I want nothing more than just have people know, but get to know God, have God in their life so that they can experience peace and hope and joy.
1: Yeah, so I think you've done a good job communicating that. Thank you so much for being our guest. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Sarah, and God bless you for all that you're doing and the message.
2: Thank you for having me, Johnny.
1: It's been a pleasure.
2: Thank you.
0: A muster seed of faith can move mountains And a love like yours can breathe life Into darkness and a miracle A miracle Lord, I pray in your mighty name Jesus saves is all I proclaim For a miracle a miracle Tomorrow as my hope in your promise made when two are more gathered in your name you remain so let me so rest in your soul lord i'm giving you control cause you see every heart in me it's weak and i need you to be holding me when i can't stand telling me this is your plan cause you know every part Power and hope Will follow me to me Big goal